0: Cape Talk. The Fringe. Only on late nights. You're listening to Late Nights with me, Sarah Jane King. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. A pleasure to have you with us. Now, it's nearly a week since disgraced US R&B singer Robert Kelly, or R. Kelly as he's better known, handed himself into the authorities after a warrant was issued for his arrest. The 52-year-old is facing nearly a dozen historical charges of sex abuse, some relating to underage girls. Well, in court, he pleaded not guilty and was released on one million dollar bail. His court appearance and not guilty plea comes weeks after the documentary series surviving r kelly aired it contains allegations of abuse from many women including my next guest at the start of her career u.s recording artist sparkle born stephanie edwards had been kelly's mentee and protege but after what she calls his controlling behavior had severed business ties with the singer but the worst was yet to come. In the documentary, Sparkle reveals that the 14-year-old victim of Kelly's 2002 child pornography case was her own niece and that she had introduced the pair. Tonight, Sparkle joins us on the line from the United States to give her reaction to the latest in the R. Kelly sex abuse scandal and to talk about her latest music, which pays tribute to the often voiceless survivors of abuse. Sparkle, welcome to Late Nights. It is such a pleasure to have you on all the way from the States. Um, let me start by asking you, did you always know that you wanted to be a singer?
1: Um, Well, <laughs> uh, yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. Because my family is a musical family, I knew that I would be singing at some point. Um, but I started out four years old singing in church um, with family members, my father. So, yeah. I how,
0: how, <laughs> how hungry were you to to make it, to, to hit it big? Hungry to make it? I don't know that I was hungry to make it.
1: Um, I um, always had a yearning, I would say, to um, get into the business. I Like I stated, gospel music was my first love and still is. And so I sang in the church. So that was great for me. Um, but then getting a chance to do it um in a bigger on a bigger platform it was just even greater
0: as most people know by now you connected early at very early on in your career to r kelly and went on to be at the term protege and and mentee has been sort of bandied around and you were eventually signed by his label what were those very early days like in the industry for you
1: oh wow the early days were really good um really great i learned a lot in the studio from him um Just my writing technique, writing, um, just a bevy of things um, that were, you know, just taught um, about the studio, about the life of the studio, about the board, if you will, um, just all the mechanics. Um, Yeah, so I learned a lot.
0: And with the release of the single Be Careful, which I remember so well, I mean, I was probably at university then, um, and it was this huge smash hit, and, and, and there you were, and everyone was asking, who is Sparkle, who is this person? And you were sort of really catapulted to international fame with the release of that single, which was a duet between the two of you. When did you start noticing, though, despite the success, and despite, I guess, some of the trappings that came with the success that you were having, when did you start noticing that something with Robert Kelly or R. Kelly as he's known by, by most people wasn't quite right.
1: Um, not until way after I left. I um, asked to be released in 1999 and, um, he granted the release and I went on to, um, work, um, and actually signed to Motown Universal. Um, so I didn't know anything until after I was gone and that was probably, um, er, mid, 2001 I would say that I kind of learned some things and and maybe 2000 I've heard you know little tidbits of from the newspapers and things like that but I didn't see anything um when I was in the camp if you will
0: yeah I know I was listening to an interview that you did the other day and I've seen snippets of the docuseries which will be released in South Africa soon in which you oh, wow. say that you uh, he didn't like you just to, to speak to other people Um, he kept everybody very very separate Um, did that raise, was that raising red flags for you? Did you think that that was weird?
1: I didn't think it was weird. I just think that that was the way of him wanting to set his camp up because, um, I've heard different, um, similar things with other camps. Um, so I didn't think it was weird. I was just like, that's not me. I'm, I'm a speaker. So I'm going to speak who I want to speak with. So.
0: Would you would you say it was controlling behavior or just, as you say, you'd heard it from other camps that that was how it was? Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back now, yeah, would you say it was controlling?
1: Yeah, it, it was definitely controlling um, spirit on him, I guess, if you will, because, um, you know, couldn't speak to different people. Other people couldn't speak. You know, it, it wasn't just me. It was pretty much every artist that he had. He didn't want us speaking to each other even. So... Yeah, I guess it was a controlling mechanism when I look back on it.
0: Yeah. As you said, you eventually went to, to Motown. You, how, how was it for you making that decision to leave? And what was the, the relationship between you at that time? I, I was, again, I was watching an interview that you did and there was a meeting held with, I think you and Barry Hankerson, your parents, like, I think your whole family turned up. Yeah. R. Kelly was there and he said the most abhorrent, disgusting thing in front of your father, which I don't think we need to repeat, but uh, about you. Um, yes. So, how, how did that, when the relationship eventually was severed, were you relieved to get out of there? Was part of you a bit, was it a bit bittersweet? And what was your relationship with him thereafter?
1: Yeah, it was bittersweet, um, because I thought of Robert as family. Um, we had a really great relationship, uh, like we had a, um, a relationship as like a, girlfriend to girlfriend, like we talked about many different things, you know what I mean? So I thought of him just like a girlfriend, like I can talk to my, my really good girlfriend about whatever. And that's the type of relationship we had, um, like a state of family. I felt like he was family. Um, you know, but in in the end, um, he proved not to be such good family. Um, you know, um, prior to me leaving, I was working on my second, um, CD, I was three songs in. Um, I don't know if you know of his song, a woman's, um, not woman's threat. Um, yeah, actually, um, a woman's threat. Um, that, that song was my song. Um, so, um, yeah, um, we, after I parted ways with him, I really didn't speak to him much at all. Um, even saw him at all. Um, but, um, you know, I didn't think
0: that we had a really strained relationship, but, I guess we did. you had and so I, your relationship was was close enough that you had introduced um, various members of your family to him in the hope of them, I guess what, also experiencing some of the success that you had had at having a I guess a, a bite of the apple maybe.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I introduced my sister, my brother-in-law, and my niece to him. And then other members of the family also thereafter, um, immediately thereafter, because like I stated, we're a very musical family. And Robert had garnered a, a new situation with Interscope Universal where he would possibly need bodies to fill some of the spots. Like I stated, family being that mm-hmm. um, musical, um, I wanted to bring them in, possibly fill some of those spots, whether it be um, a, a new artist, um, you know, um, background singing. Um playing um instruments um what have you, so yeah, I did introduce my family and in, in the hopes that he could possibly um, make them a superstar like he was making me.
0: And that the horror of that went on to be that your niece, who who you claim to this day, and a number of people back you up on this, uh, was the young girl, the fourteen year old girl, who appeared in that very explicit video all those years ago, um, which was the subject of the two thousand and two child porn case in which he was in which he was acquitted. Yes. Yes. Listen, you've received a lot of support for speaking out. You are part of this docu-series, uh, Surviving R. Kelly, that has just become a, a bit of a global phenomenon um, and has also obviously led to the, the current events that we know about uh, in, in the news uh, and that's happened, developed in the last week. You've received a lot of support, but you've also received backlash from people who have essentially accused you of throwing your knees to the wolves. How have you dealt with that? How have you personally dealt with that?
1: I mean, it's hurting, but... I know the truth. I know that I didn't. I know that I did everything in my humanly possible being to protect her. And when I was there in the camp um, and around, and if she was with me, she was protected. Now, when, she, when I left in 99 and her parents start bringing her down more often, it's now out of my hands. I didn't even know half the time that she was there because like I stated, I'm not a part of that camp anymore. So I don't know any of the goings on that's going around going on in in the camp. So, you know, I'm hoping and I was praying that, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law would, you know, make sure that everything was good, not just for, for Robert's sake or for him preying on people, but just there's a lot of guys in the studio at all times So just that part of it still would have me just being a little like, okay, get get over here and let me make sure that you're okay. Because, you know, you just never know. Mm. But in the end, it wasn't all those guys, it was, you know, the person that you entrusted.
0: I want to talk to you about the new music, the new single in just a second. But before that, let me ask you, what do you think should happen to Robert Kelly now? And also, um, I guess as a, as a add-on question to that, were you surprised when the number of women who came forward to take part in the documentary series came forward?
1: I was surprised. Um, I was heartbroken as well, just seeing the number of women that the lives that he's ruined and the lives that you know he's infiltrated, the families that he's ruined. Um, it's it, it was disheartening for me to see this and and you know just to hear the stories and I felt for them and you know, um, because I've, I'd gone through it way back when by myself, so I understand, um, even on a different level. Um, but do you think you know, he's a monster? I I I am hoping and praying that Robert does receive help. He needs help and he needs jail time because just with all of the things that are coming back out and and I'm hearing the things that he's done to different women and how he's handling them and, you know, just treating them, this, he needs to go to jail at this point. Sparkle, in and amongst, sorry,
0: yeah, yeah, in and amongst this, the global attention of this documentary, you have released a new single, We Are Ready, and we're going to be hearing it in just a minute. And it speaks directly to the times that we are in, in particular, uh, the, the hashtag Me Too movement. Would it be appropriate to call it an, an anthem for survivors? I hope so, because uh, like you stated,
1: though, the, the words of the song, and you know, I, this song means so much because of the time and of this moment, and I and I wrote it with, you know, partners, and and we were searching for the right things to say, and and it just came about so beautifully, and I would love for your audience to really listen, pay attention to the words because it's really meaningful, and and it really speaks of the time, and it's just very poignant. It's, it's, it's for now. It is an anthem. I would say we are ready.
0: Do you think that you are giving a voice to survivors and, and, and is that your, is that your ultimate hope? One would say I am. Um, I
1: just want to make sure that this happens to not one other young girl or woman, if you will. Um, I, you know, I wasn't, Asked, I didn't ask to get this or to take this on, if you will. But you know, God shows up how he he does, and you know, he put this on me. So I have to, you know, take the charge and 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 hopefully um, do what I can, you know, to stop this and to stop any young girl moving forward to being in this position as my niece, as as these young girl survivors on the uh, surviving R. Kelly piece, and just around the world. Period.
0: Can we expect an album full of similar, similarly themed music from you?
1: Um, I don't know if it'll be similar, but um, I do have an EP that is to be released um, this summer, and um, you know, it's going to be a, a, a great um, piece of work for me. Um, I haven't um, done, uh, you know, I haven't recorded in a while. Um, the last song that I did record, record was back in 2012. It was called So Bad, um, but yeah, um, this, I've got a few records in the can already, so I'm really happy with them, and I can't wait, um, for the world to hear.
0: I've got to ask you one final question. If you could have one minute in a room with R. Kelly, what would you say to him? I don't know if it would be anything that I would say. Hmm. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Hmm maybe something else (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Sparkle, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, we wish you all the very best for the future in whatever uh, avenue that may be, the single is called We Are Ready, we're going to be hearing it just now it's been a pleasure to have you on all the way from the United States thanks so much for joining us
1: I appreciate you, thank you so much
2: Back to a time, before it wasn't me too, it was
1: just me, but on this crazy obstacle course I've been on, I mean, now more than
2: ever, I'm ready,